With 40 years of experience, thousands of investors, a proven track record, and more than $3 billion in assets under management, Reef provides exceptional commercial real estate investment offerings at the click of a button. Visit us at rreaf.com backslash investor. We own and operate all our properties, and that's important because we have skin in the game. Unlike the middleman, you can call or visit us anytime. Hedge market volatility with our lucrative offerings, open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. All aboard for Success Express, your business, career, and financial radio magazine. Hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. I feel like it's the big blend party train. We're taking the 310 to San Diego. No, I'm supposed to go to Yuma. No, we're going to San Diego because <laughs> it's sunny and beautiful. Uh, we're going to go hang out with San Diego employment attorney Ward Heinrichs. He's back on Big Blend Radio Success Express show today to talk about the commish. The what? The commish. <laughs> the commish. Yeah, California labor uh, commissioner cases. So what's happening with that? And it's got to do with you know wages and hours and all that good stuff. So he's going to explain all that and. I never even thought about the role of a commissioner. Like, it's just, you know, it almost sounds British to me for some reason. Are they lawyers? He's going to explain it. He's, or he's, judges? He, he explains all this by the, you know, I'm always, like, glad when he's on the show because I can understand things. You know, before he comes on, I go, okay, I don't know what all these legalese things are, but he, <laughs> he undoes the legalese and makes it, you know, into English. So we're always excited to have him on. He is one of our regular guest contributors and experts. And if you go to blendradioandtv.com, you'll see him in our expert department. And you can click on him, and you'll find all kinds of good advice, uh, a lot of interviews and articles to read. And um, also, we, we also feature his articles and interviews in our Parks and Travel magazine because he works as well. Being an employment law, you also deal a lot with the hospitality and tourism industry especially being out in beautiful San Diego. Um, but most importantly, go to his website. He's also got a great blog there. It is bestemploymentattorneysandiego.com. He's also on Twitter at Ward Heinrichs, and you'll find him on Facebook, too, always posting some what's going on. And there seems to be a lot going on in the world of scandals and employment law. But, Ward, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're, We're doing good. good. We're doing good. So, like, do you like our party train? Do you, do you think it's a, it's a pretty train? <laughs> Ye- well, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I I love the the intro with the the whistle and the and the bell dinging. Yes, I think it's an amazing yes. thing. Johnny Cash was going to just jump on the train, you know, and hang out with <laughs> yeah. us for this. The man in black meets the commish. Okay, so the commish, like that's. I, as soon as you said you wanted to talk about California labor commissioner cases, I'm like, it's the commish. And I'm like, I don't even really know what a commissioner is. Like, sorry, but I don't. And so unlegalize it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's um, an appointed position that's within the Department of Labor Workforce Development. So it's one division and it's really called the division of labor standards enforcement and the labor commissioners in charge of that. Mm. And so they, they enforce many of the rules that apply to employees and employers and it, you know, not everything, but a lot of it, the wages for sure. 
some of the retaliation laws uh, they enforce as well. And if a, if an employer doesn't have enough workers' compensation or doesn't have workers' compensation insurance, they uh, file citations for that as well. Wow. So is this a, an elected position or – you know, are they the people who work there lawyers or what kind? You know, yeah. That well, no, it's not elected. I, I okay. think the governor appoints the labor commissioner, but don't quote me on uh, that. I'm not absolutely okay. positive. Uh, and okay. uh, lawyers do work inside the Division of Labor Standards Enforcement, but most of the employees that work there are not lawyers. Most of them, well, gosh, they have all sorts of different it, – it's a big organization. So they have many people doing many different jobs. They are located throughout California. You know, we have a commissioner's office or a labor commissioner's office in San Diego. Um, we might even have more than one. I've only been to the one that's uh, close to downtown in Mission Valley. Mm. And most large cities have them too. Uh, they're all over the mm. place. And so they help you also get licenses, right, that you may need, like in your article. And everyone, uh, Ward's article on this is up on blendradioandtv.com and – you talk about it. Uh, they help uh, employment-related certificates and licenses in agriculture, entertainment, garment, and car wash. Like that's weird. That's like car what? Wash. I know at the car <laughs> wash. <laughs> so, like, where did that come from? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's their thing. That's that's we're going to be part of that. And I, maybe it's environmental, or I don't, I don't know. know. But that's interesting that they decided that's what they're going to focus on. You know? Yeah, I'm not sure why they limited it to those types of industries, but those mm. industries do are depending on what you do, they do require uh certificates and licenses uh to do mm. certain types of work and so mm. yeah, they they help with that. Hmm. hmm. That's interesting. Well, entertainment it's, it's all the casinos, you know. <laughs> Just thinking but I don't know, my mind Maybe. keeps going yeah, the commission, but so this is interesting. Um so they're not quite lawyers. They're not necessarily judges, but they do have the big purple stamp that can find you. Ooh. They can go boom. Well, now you, hold on a second. There are uh-huh. lawyers that work for them, and I've interacted yeah. with those lawyers sometimes. Uh, if you take a case on appeal, like a wage case on appeal to the superior court, which you're allowed to do, uh, and the pers- the employee – now, if I'm representing the employer in that case, let's say that's – what's going on and then the employee may not be able to retain an attorney so the labor commissioner may assign an attorney to that if they meet the criteria the certain criteria uh, but if they meet it then the a lawyer from the labor commissioner office will represent someone in superior court and they then uh, their lawyers wow. do other things too sometimes they do citation appeals and things like that as well so and and they get to have a conference too. So this is a little different than going to court court, right? Even though it could go up to that level, but it's it's a little different. And I mean, even Nancy and I were talking about your article, like, hey, people get split up and put in different rooms. I know. I it love sounds that. like we're going through a border check. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the mediation process. Yes, if if an employee has a wage claim and they file it with the labor commissioner or the division of labor standards enforcement that that's they're the same office then the employer gets a notice that there's a wage claim and part of that notice also gives them notice of a conference and that conference really in my experience almost always is a mediation that's the focus to see if the parties can settle 
and that's where you that where two people you know both parties go into different rooms and the labor commissioner uh, will go back and forth and when I'm involved I insist on that and I think the, most of them want to do that anyway um, it's just a better way to mediate a case you know one person one room one and the other you, you, you have your little powwows you talk to the uh, the deputy labor commissioner who uh, discusses that with you, and then they bring your offer or demand to the other side, and then they talk about it. So they, they really do try to sell cases, um, and they're pretty effective at it. Wow, this is neat. But is that now before, or like you, you can or cannot have a lawyer present? Yes, you can have a lawyer present. Um, okay. In, mm-hmm. for, for both the employee and the employer can have an, employee, uh, uh, an attorney present, there are some issues with an employee actually having an attorney there. I mean, they're allowed mm-hmm. to, but they might have to come out of pocket. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I've heard of ways that you might be able to do it on on a contingent basis, but it, it, it's kind of tricky to get a, a mm. portion of the award. So mm. there are some. So what, I guess really what I'm saying is, usually employees don't have attorneys. And not all employers retain attorneys, but uh, an employer is more likely to have an attorney at a labor commissioner mm-hmm. hearing than, or or, or at a, mm-hmm. a conference, conference or hearing, um, than the employee. Doesn't it save everyone money when you go to these kinds of like mediation conference kind of things versus okay, everybody, let's just go to court. Like that's it. We're suing you. You know, to have these kind of steps beforehand. Doesn't it save people time and money in a way to do this and give maybe an employee that isn't getting paid or, or you know, some kind of way to do this versus sometimes, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying it, it seems that like this yeah. gives a little structure for those who need it. Yeah, it, it's a pretty effective office, I think, and it's a it's a good alternative to going to court for an employee. There are no costs associated with it. The employee would have to represent themselves at the conference unless they retain an attorney. Uh, mm-hmm. At the hearing, though, the the deputy labor commissioner who was trying to mediate and settle the case <laughs> represents the employee uh, before the, the judge. Now, you also said that there are no judges. Well, there are. They're called administrative law judges, so they're not the mm-hmm. same as a superior court judge, but they fill a function that's very similar although in a mm-hmm. less formal situation. Okay. So now for you, like, what are you finding yourself as, as an employment attorney being part of this? Are you seeing a lot of specific kinds of cases, it mostly like wages, um, that kind of thing that you're going in? And, and is it, are you, if so, is it more on the employer or on the employee side? Yeah, it's really built the way that system's work uh, built is for the employee to represent themselves uh, with okay. the help of a deputy labor commissioner if mm. it goes to a hearing. So okay. again, normally the employer it, well it depends on the case and the, how deep the pockets of the employer are, but the employer can an attorney, and the employee is re- relying on the labor commissioner to help them out. Like um, a public defender it, almost. Yeah, pretty close, very similar in many ways. Yeah. Now, you were talking about, you know, the cost and things like that. Yeah, it's it's a cheap way to go. Um uh, but remember, if an employee elects to go to court, the code generally allows for the employee to recover attorney's fees um mm-hmm. if they file in court. 
So there is protection for the employee there. Mm. Uh, as a practical matter, though, many of these cases just settle. So mm. it, often, if I represent an employee, it, it's a demand letter process, and the employer goes, oh, boy, I got a problem here, and you settle it versus even filing in court or going to the labor commissioner. And quite frankly, that's the quickest way to do it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But this is another pretty quick alternative uh, that doesn't have the formalities of court. Is there any limit to um, the financial side, the money side, if you're making a claim? If it's With 40 years of experience, thousands of investors, a proven track record, and more than $3 billion in assets under management, Reef provides exceptional commercial real estate investment offerings at the click of a button. Visit us at rreaf.com backslash investor. We own and operate all our properties, and that's important because we have skin in the game. Unlike the middleman, you can call or visit us anytime. Hedge market volatility with our lucrative offerings, open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. There is no better time than the present to explore the lucrative commercial real estate offerings from Reef. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. Featured on Fox News, Wall Street Journal, Yahoo Finance, and many more. We're not a crowdfunding site. We own and operate all our properties. Come see why thousands of individual investors have decided to trust Reef with their real estate investments. Call us today with any questions. Hedge market volatility with Reef. Open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. Like a whole lot of money, you got to go some other route instead of this? No. Yeah, uh, there's, yeah there's no limit on the amount. Mm. Okay. But, I mean, you know, mm. typically it's set up for people who have smaller claims. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not huge wage an hour class actions, for instance. It's really not set up to do class action. I don't yeah, even think they can do Yeah, because it's wage versus salary, too. Yeah, if it's wage versus salary, it's a different... So, does salaries get involved with this or no? Like, if it's They can. Yeah, oh, okay. they can. Yeah, okay. it's possible. So, do... What kind of businesses do you see happen, like get involved in this? Is it every kind of business? I mean, I know they say car wash, but, you know, you've got entertainment, so hospitality has got to be in there. I mean, agriculture, so is it, you know, hey, you know, this is, is it really mostly the money side when it comes down to these kinds of cases? When you say money side, I'm sorry. I mean, like uh, wages and salaries, that kind of thing in time. Uh, did well, you talk in on time or? Yeah, most of the cases I do that have the labor commissioner involved are wage cases. The the other one I see fairly frequently is workers' compensation cases. And, you know, I mentioned that in the article. Those mm-hmm. can have very hefty fines that go along with them. Now, that's usually not an – well, it's that's where the labor commissioner files a citation against the employer for not having workers' compensation. So – they they'll say, hey, you violated the law. The law requires these penalties, and we want to get them from you. <laughs> so mm. that there's a whole notice procedure, very similar to the uh, wage and hour type of case. Uh, but you do get in front of uh, an ALJ, administrative law judge, and you have a hearing to determine you know uh, what's the fair result in this case. Hmm. This. Go ahead, have, yeah, I was just wondering now, okay, because now I'm thinking about car wash. So, um, 
guy. My <laughs> car does need to yeah, be watched. We keep going on dirt roads and hanging yeah. out with snakes and but, stuff. So, <laughs> if, so let's say an employee at a car wash slips and falls because it's all soapy and wet. And so he goes to his boss and he, and he needs medical care. And the boss says, sorry, don't have any, you know, or no workman's comp. So um, too bad mm. for you. And besides that, you're fired. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, here comes the Nancy setup. <laughs> yeah, I know. So then, so then, so then, the guy could go and then um, go to the commissioner and say, "Hey, I fell because it was soapy, and then I got fired because I said something." So, what? We, so he doesn't really need an attorney, but would it cover like? Um, if the man is found, oh, you don't have workman's comp, so um, you're going to get fined, would, would, does that mean the guy would automatically win his case because the guy didn't have workman's comp? Or would it be two separate things? Well, you brought up a bunch of things. Um, yeah, I know. One, there there are up. two different <laughs> work comp processes. One is oh. they say – we found out that you don't have workers' comp insurance or you don't have enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it doesn't cover enough employees. Uh, so oh. we're going to file a citation and get penalties. You know, the state collects those penalties. The other one they do handle is a case that would be filed by uh, an employee for failure to have work workers' compensation. Mm-hmm. A- and that uh, is brought by the employee to get uh, coverage – uh, for their injury, mm-hmm. and oh. then there are penalties associated with that as well. Uh, and, and you know, both ca- are can be very expensive and messy. Now, the third mm-hmm. thing you brought up though was, well, he got terminated. You know, it mm-hmm. sounds like a wrongful yeah. discharge. Now that yeah. the labor commissioner doesn't take care of, oh, uh, yeah. they might take care of a retaliation. Uh, but normally that wouldn't be uh, – retaliation is different than wrongful discharge. Sometimes they can overlap, but not really quite the same. So uh, a wrongful discharge would be filed in superior court or what you have to – well, depends on the type of wrongful discharge. I, keep it simple. It, that has to still be mm. filed in superior court. And so it would wow. be a separate case. Okay. Now, does that happen where all of a sudden you here comes this, you know, claim or this is the issue with, you know, employee, just like what Nancy's, you know, big setup is here. Um, you end up having to do like three or four different things as an attorney going, okay, you're going here, 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 here. I mean, because it's it, multiple things. Do you find that that kind of thing happens, like multiple, like crazy episodes? <laughs> well, you know where I have seen it is where an employer fails to have workers' compensation. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I've done pretty well in those cases where I say, well, there are different ways of calculating the the damages. And, so, you know, very often you can't disprove oh. it, but you can reduce the amount that's owed. So you go, I, you know, you're not really calculating it quite right. You know, and you point out the code mm-hmm. section and you talk about cases and you say, you know, and then you go to the, maybe you can settle it, maybe not. Then you go in front of the ALJ and say, here's our case. We don't think they're really calculating it correctly. And, and I've been able to reduce them dramatically in some cases. In other cases, maybe mm-hmm. like half, but still half's way better than, you know, 80,000, 40,000 is much better. 40,000 is still yeah. a chunk, but. You know, mm. and then often you can get a payment plan and things like that anyway. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So y- there's, Mayway. Uh, you know what? 
Holy <laughs> <laughs> layaway. I know. <laughs> the workman's comp layaway. Fine layaway. Sorry. It's the Walmart. <laughs> but okay, so that's interesting. You know, so that they even have that. So, but your article said that they could also. They, I mean, this could be really serious. There's payment plans if you're, you're on the winning side, like you're, you're doing, right? Because everybody ward is aggressive. <laughs> it's like here, you're gonna go sell it. You're gonna go, hey, hey, hey. This is, you know, not that bad. And but it can be bad. Like it, you said in there that an employer can actually look at going to jail over something like this. Yeah, and that was the other thing I was getting to was I have seen them where the labor commissioner gets some type of fine and then for whatever reason they they're offended by the case. So then they may tip oh. off the district attorney or the district attorney may find out independently. It kind of depends, but usually from what I've seen it comes from the labor commissioner and they're saying, "Hey, you know, I think we got a problem here. Maybe you should file, you know, consider filing this as a criminal Ooh. case." So wow. I I have represented uh, – I used to do criminal law a lot back when I first started practicing mm-hmm. law, so I'm very comfortable mm-hmm. in criminal court still. And I uh, sometimes still on a work comp case, if it's filed as a criminal case, will go to court for a client who has that work comp problem. And then you know you start negotiating and doing you know doing whatever you need to do to, to – uh, do the best you can for your client. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I haven't had it, someone go to jail on that. I, it really has to be bad. It probably has to be more than one offense. Like if it's two okay. or three times, well, maybe you're going to go to jail. I think the first time around, it, very hard-pressed to put someone in jail for that. It, you know, it's interesting because, um, of course, I'm thinking back to South Africa, and I, I knew a person who just – if an employee opened their mouth – they they just all fire them, mm. you know, and it and it didn't matter what it was, mm. and the person was just always firing somebody, and nothing ever happened. Of course, that's South Africa, and I was just thinking if that person had a company in in any parts of this country, he would probably be in jail. Because mm. yeah. I mean, it was just oh, you know, if somebody came in and they had a complaint or they're sick or whatever, it's like I'll fire them. You're fired. It was was really funny because every Friday we'd get together and be like, so how many people did you fire? I'm like, none. (laughs) Try not to. (laughs) Trying to keep my people because I bothered to train them. Wow, this sounds like the sign of the times. I know, but it was just just like, oh, just fire them. Everybody gets fired around here these days. (laughs) Nancy's going to fire me soon. But Uh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, but it was. It was just like, you know, it was all just easier to fire them. And I was thinking, well, maybe that's you know because it was South Africa and they had different laws, I guess. But yeah, I mean the way you've described it, it sounds more employer friendly than most of the United yeah. States. But I I will mm. say we have the at will doctrine in California, and there are other states that, that follow it too. And that means that you can leave anytime you want, and they can fire you anytime they want for mm-hmm. no reason at all. So they yeah. just go, hey, you know, goodbye. Now, where you get around That's- that is if you suspect that they are file, uh, firing the employee for a reason that's against public policy. You know, discrimination is mm. a, a, a star yeah. example mm. of that. If they say, hey, I don't like you because you're a woman um, and I'm firing you, yeah. well, that's a wrongful discharge and discrimination. Um, right. Yeah. And, but there are many different instances of that. A pay issue may come up, and the employee comes in and says, "Hey, 
uh, you owe me overtime. I worked tw- uh, 12 hours this day, and you only paid me for eight. Well, if the employer turns around and says, well, I'm not paying you and you're terminated, well, that's a wrongful mm-hmm. discharge too. So okay. th- that's, that's their, uh, the at-will doctrine isn't absolute. There are certainly statutory mm-hmm. exceptions. But it's pretty powerful. I mean, employers in California really have a, 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 a tremendous ability to fire employees uh, without cost. Hmm. Now, wow. now, what about you know when you when you talk about you know overtime and things like that, and I you know just back in the day, remember that being you had to really watch your paycheck that they didn't screw you on that. Oh yeah. And I always think the overtime mm. that was something that you. I mean, it was it was. Do you see that being part of the issue, like that you see going into these cases with the commission? Do you see that a lot, the overtime issue of not getting your overtime? Yeah. Yeah, overtime's a common claim. Meal periods yeah. are pretty common claim. Uh, maybe not mm-hmm. getting paid at all for certain time or minimum wage violations. Uh, those okay. are all pretty oh, yeah. commonly filed with the labor commissioner. Okay, and so everyone, see, if you read Ward's articles, he gives you a heads up on these minimum wage changes and all these changes that you need to know. Um, I want to go back to the workman's comp part. Um, back in, I know this is in Florida, but. Um, my ex, at that point, he he was in roofing. I know. For some reason, on these segments, we get into all my past history. But no, anyway, he was very <laughs> interesting. No, he was he he worked in this you know this roofing company or whatever, and he had a friend that was going through hard times, and so they would have day laborers there that would come in and you know, and this guy. Now, I don't know how I don't know what happened, but this guy came to the door. And he, he was a friend of ours, you know, and he was... With 40 years of experience, thousands of investors, a proven track record, and more than $3 billion in assets under management, Reef provides exceptional commercial real estate investment offerings at the click of a button. Visit us at rreaf.com backslash investor. We own and operate all our properties, and that's important because we have skin in the game. Unlike the middleman, you can call or visit us anytime. Hedge market volatility with our lucrative offerings, open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, get up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost on the Gambit DC app, online, or at any Gambit DC retail location throughout the district. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the home field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please buy responsibly. Just working in Ray's company at that time, just as a day laborer, nothing permanent. And he had like an axe go through his hand, and I had to rush him to the ER. Ooh, and, I mean, it was bad. And and I'm like, well, what about insurance that you didn't have? You know, he, I think he was getting divorced or something. I don't know, some drama thing was going on. But I was like, dude, you can't have that. You got to, you need to go get help. And he was like, and he didn't do it for like a long time. And he just came over to the house. And I'm like, dude, you you got to go. And he didn't like. He was talking about workman's comp, but then they were like, you don't have workman's comp. And so when you're in that kind of temporary thing, isn't that more of a contractor? So you, you're you're like, you know, you're, you're on your own because yeah. he was a day laborer. Uh, yeah, isn't that more like an independent pre- contractor then? Yeah, pretty tough to have a day laborer be an independent contractor. The the more basic the work is, the more mm-hmm. likely you're an employee. 
Uh, and, mm. you know, we've talked about all the different factors that can be used to determine if someone's an employee or an independent contractor. So, mm. uh, and the presumption is everyone who works for someone else is an employee, and then the employer has mm-hmm. to prove that they're not if it becomes an issue. So that's mm. pretty dangerous. I mean, it's possible, but it's pretty dangerous to say, well, I'm I'm guy on for a day or two to do a job. And, you know, and I'm in the business of construction, and this guy is working on the construction site. It's pretty tough to say that that person's not an employee. Oh, okay. So So in that situation. I never thought about day labor. Yeah, what what happens with workman's comp? No, we've always talked about, okay, you know, different things happening and whatever, but I never looked at it from the workman's comp thing because I remember there was a big hassle with it. There was like a mess, and I didn't understand all that. I just yeah. Well, let's assume that the the employee or the the worker filed a work comp claim, and the employer says, no, that's an independent contractor. Well, you know, you might have to fight about that and make a determination. But Mm -hmm. in California, that's a pretty big issue. I mean, you you, you see that like in agriculture and other places where people – yeah, yeah, and, and you know, we, we always talk about, well, go to Home Depot and pick up someone to work for you for the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that carries risk in terms of whether they're really a, a, an independent contractor or an employee. So if they make a claim, then – and um, the state fund decides, hey, you know, they really should be picked up and covered as a work-related injury – then there is a separate fund that is used to cover people who don't have formal coverage. But but then the employer, uh, you know, presuming that they have now been determined to be an employer, can face all sorts of bad problems. You know, we've already talked about some of them. Um, And they can get sued for it because work comp uh, takes work injuries outside of the civil justice system. But if you're supposed to have work comp and you don't, that case can end up as a lawsuit. So there's all sorts of ramifications that can happen that are, are not good for the person who hired uh, the worker. Wow. So now what about, like, the part-time employees? Are they going to get the same kind of deal that a full-time employee would get? I mean... In regards to, yeah, workman's yeah, comp. And- to workman's comp and such, because it just seems to me there seems to be a trend in this country that we will um, hire people part-time so we don't have to give away health as many stuff, yeah. Yeah, health insurance or as many benefits. So we're going to have five part-time employees instead of two full-time ones. Yeah, and that can certainly work for uh, coverage under you know what we used to call Obamacare. Um, the, you have to work a certain number of hours. Now before we call you it no must care at it. all. <laughs> no care. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what it is anymore. You know, it's been watered down. Know, and, you know, at all. Whatever. There isn't even a name for it now. It's, it's just like you're on your own. <laughs> you're on your own. Care. <laughs> Welcome to being self-employed. But I, work comp. Now, you know, I'm not a work comp attorney, so I'm not an expert yeah. in that area. Yeah. But I am pretty sure that any employee must be covered under work comp. So if if you are yeah. if you only work twenty hours a week you still have to be covered. I, I think if you only work a few hours a week you still have to be covered. Wow. Okay. Under workman's comp, but then not Under necessarily getting yeah see, you don't get leave paid leave or health care or anything. See, this like is that. all I'm saying is anybody opening a business go see Ward first. Yeah, because it's complicated. Go like go say this is yep, what I want to yep, do. Yep, yep, yep. 
I mean, isn't that true when someone wants to open a business or expand or even just right now in business, go check that everything, you know, you you're dotting always, your I's and crossing your yeah, T's. Yeah, if, you, if you're going to have employees, you should always have an attorney and, if, and you should always have an accountant. Yes. When the, you start. And they should be friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good thing. Now, I mean, as a practical problem, businesses that are starting out in the garage who may have a few people working for them in their garage, do they really have enough money? And I get that. I get that pressure. Yeah. But I also see the downside of that where, yeah, you're small and you really don't have very many employees yeah. and you're calling them independent contractors, et cetera, et cetera. But now mm. this employee's mad at you. And they filed yeah. a case in superior court for wrongful discharge, and they filed a wage claim, and they need work comp, and all of a sudden you've got this huge mushroom of a problem. And, yeah. And, and that's, you know, I, I get the other side. You don't have a lot of cash, but if there's a way of taking care of it. Now, some people, you know, go online and find forms and stuff, but I've seen a lot of problems with those too. If you can bite the bullet, you're better off yeah. having it done right. Yeah, because it, it, this is the deal. It's a, it, you know, running a business is, I mean, you know, it, 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 there's all kinds of things that come with it, and you have to be prepared. And it's part of your due diligence. And if you can't afford to do it and you can't get a loan somewhere or whatever, you really got to think about it because it can sink you making big mistakes. Yeah. What I you know, love about this conversation is that there's, there's some procedures in there where everybody doesn't go to hell in the handbasket at once. You know, you can solve things step by step. And, you know, you were talking about doing a demand letter. So now I, I'm saying, can can I call you? And I was, we were just laughing about this. I said, I want to call Ward and say, can I send you a list of demand letters? <laughs> They've got nothing to do with employment law. I just want your stamp. <laughs> I want something. So the demand letters, I mean, does it help? I mean, at that point, can things be done, uh, you know, in that way most of the time where it can be done in this, you know, mediation room kind of deal and and you know before everything becomes that big atomic bomb um so a lot of these situations on wages <laughs> and you know all of that i mean do the the letters i mean that's got to be fun to write them like you yeah I well i've been on both sides it. of that yeah no i i totally hear what you're saying and i've been on both sides where uh, a client of mine has gotten a demand letter and so i entered in negotiations to uh, basically get them out with the lowest amount possible. And right. often mm-hmm. I'll say, hey, look, you've got risk here, and here's yeah. where I, you know, this is the dollar amount of risk I see for you. Uh, so, you know, it's usually a range because I don't think they can prove everything, but maybe they can prove this, maybe not, la da da So you give them an assessment of the risk, and then you try to do your best to get under that uh, for your client. Uh, but now, believe me, no one's happy because <laughs> they're still writing a check, and not, right. not in all cases. Some cases it's frivolous, and you go and you just write a, a nasty letter back and go, "Hey, look, this is just junk. So if you want to file your thing, go file it. But then we're going to ask for fees and costs and everything else, and and we're going to make your life miserable. So it depends. <laughs> now, but I've been but I've been on the other <laughs> side where I'm writing a letter and saying, "Hey, employer, you screwed up." And here's why we think you screwed up, and uh, you know, let's take care of this now. I, and I have to say, in my experience, the the easiest type of case to handle that way without filing anything is a wage case where you've got some traction. Um, mm-hmm. These, you know, discrimination cases generally are harder to settle that way. There's usually more gray area. 
Uh, usually more facts need to be brought out. Uh, so it's not impossible, but it's harder to. So yeah, I, so your bottom bottom line, and I think on your question is, yeah, that is a good way to handle those types of cases. You know, mm-hmm. do the demand layer thing. Uh, don't spend, you know, limit the amount of money you spend on an attorney. Don't wait till it's filed. Then you're going to spend a lot of money there, or you're going to get killed. So yeah, yeah. take take yeah. care of it up front. And the labor commissioner, they're a pretty good office for that too, because they do have that mediation process. Now you don't have to enter into it, but if you're thinking, oh, I got some risk here, yeah, you know, take a stab at it, see if you can settle it, and you're not going to love cutting the check, but you know, you probably have some exposure, and it's a good time to get rid of it. Hmm. Do they keep track of um, an employer that maybe has? Two or three cases a year, they start looking at them, going, "Hey, but Dad, that what's gets up with this?" You know, mm, yeah, um, that can happen. And then sometimes, well, it, it, there, there's different ways for that process to start. One is what you said. Um, maybe there's too many cases filed against that, and they go out and do uh, an investigation. And sometimes the DA goes out with them. And sometimes the EDD, EDD goes out. So it could be a multiple agency investigation, and they, you know, they're allowed access to many records and and access onto the premises. So they 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 go do a pretty thorough investigation for a, maybe a whole raid. morning or something like that. Yeah, it's a raid. Yeah. So, but there are other ways that someone might get tipped off. You know, it, who knows? There's different ways that agencies get tipped off. Sometimes it's just random, and they go, "We're we're focusing on the agriculture industry. We're focusing on restaurants," and so they may, uh, you know, for a period of time, do more of those types of industries than than the others. So anyway, whatever, however it starts, then mm. then you can face an investigation, and often those are very well. Number one, they're always uncomfortable because someone's in your place of business yes. and they're asking for all the stuff, uh, yeah. and you know they're looking for a violation. I mean, they are. Mm. So the the odds yeah. of finding something are you know pretty good. Yeah, and because they don't want to look dumb. It's like. I just see this like being like a, you know how they do all the DUI checkpoints? Yeah. I feel like we got ourselves a convoy. Yeah. And they're going in. They're going in. I mean, do people have file cabinets anymore? I mean, I know they do, but. Oh, yeah. It's different now. Yeah. I wanted to ask you this about the demand letter. I'm back to the demand letters because, number one, I know that you're you're into writing and you're a good writer. And and I can see like, okay, we're going to write this letter. Now, do you get writer's (laughs) block when you're writing a letter? I mean, do you. Get to be like. No, I don't. You, no, no, no. I'm, you, I'm so uh, comfortable with it. Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, so mm. now Nancy, the, back in the day, there was a, a vendor, and it, one of our, and we have to be nice because they they did eventually fix things, so we can't name them on air. But Nancy gets into what she people she's known for her you suck letters, and so this is back in the day. This company screwed us on some computer stuff, and yeah. so <clears throat> big one, and so we couldn't get anywhere. So this was back in the day of faxing, and so eventually she got <laughs> so tired of it. Every day, she would fax, "You suck," just "You suck, you suck," and this is what she did. And eventually, this lady from some other country is like, "I want to speak to Nancy Reed. Stop, you suck letters." <laughs> And they fixed it. And they did. They finally fixed it. A year of you suck letters. Uh, And finally, we won. (laughs) It was like, this is the craziest thing. But 
I know, mm-hmm. but that's all through facts. Now, demand letters, which I've, I have a few, I've been doing a few of those today, so I was like, this is timely, Ward's coming on, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> do you do them by, I know, I really, I, I have a, like, I have, I have a bunch to do. It's like a rant and rave show. This is personal now, those. okay. Yeah, no, but when you do a demand letter, now that, you know, where we are digitally and everything, <laughs> do you, I mean, you know, when people get served and someone comes and finds you and, you know, tows your car and gives you a <laughs> say, too bad, Charlie, um, do you have to have them certified and all that stuff? I mean, we don't even have to do that with taxes half the time. All these things have changed. Do you get to do it by email? Oh, and electronic. Track it? Yeah. Electronic so, Like, how is the demand letters delivered? <laughs> yeah. Um, there are certain demand letters that do need to be certified by statute. So if you're uh-huh. starting a PAGA claim, you have to spell out the basics of the claim and send it certified mail to the agency. Uh, you know, they've just changed that. Now you can send it uh, via – not via email, but via their portal. Uh, but you still have to send certified letter to the employer. But other than that, things have become much less formal, and and how you end up sending that letter, I think, to me, depends on who's getting it. If if another attorney's getting it, I know it's going to be acted on one way or the other. Now, they may come back and tell me to pound sand, you know, who knows, but uh, there's going to be a reaction one way or the other. Uh, If you think that the defendant may um, be a little slippery, well, then you, I might send something certified at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but quite frankly, now, most of the time I email the stuff. Wow. And that's why you all, all you attorneys have the thing at the bottom, like, you cannot send this to other people. You can't do that. Yeah, right. You can't, right, you know, right, right, doctors, right. same thing. All the, well, all the, so do you have like all the professionals do you with you, like you cannot do anything with this. I'm no, like, and then oh. at the bottom it no. also says, if you don't want this letter, you can safely unsubscribe. Well, it doesn't say that at the bottom of my demand letters, but you know, no, yeah. no. <laughs> they yeah, can't yeah, unsubscribe. Okay. Now, okay, so I'm, I'm just, I think this is, you've got a, such a cool career, so, like you know. There's so to, many excuses for not. <laughs> Seeing an email, I not mean, these I'm, kinds, because it says on demand, no in demand. No, but I mean, you can say, "Hey, my computer broke." What? You know, I mean, you can. There's so many. Oh yeah, yeah. For Does anybody the, do that? Like the dog I mean, ate my homework. Yeah, like I mean, I understand the mailman comes here and he gives you a letter. You have to sign for it. it that's a done deal, man. You're that, you're you're dead in the water. But if you say you emailed it to me, I'm like. I didn't feel like checking my computer for how, when did you send it? Oh, three oh, months. I dropped my phone yeah, in the yeah. toilet. Or or my computer blew up. Or, you know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's really only a small, uh, let me restate all that. Most of the time, an email works. Most people do now react to the email. They know that you got it. I mean, you, you, you you have yeah. the the sender's address. You got all that. You you could prove it if you need to. But there, yeah. Not too long ago, someone did kind of blow me off for a while. So then I, I sent up a follow up email with mm. a letter. <laughs> so the yeah. letter got mailed, and you know mm. it still took a little while, but I did get a response mm. eventually. So you know you can. I, I think in the line of my work. An email, mm. usually, I mean, really, 99-plus percent of the time, that's enough. People are going to react to it. 
Yeah, because um, it's like you but got if you stuff need going to on and it's step it up, you, you can. Yeah. You know, you, unless you're in a big hurry. In, in most cases, you're not in a huge hurry. That if you're up against statute of limitations, well, that's a different thing. But if you're not, you're not in a huge hurry. And so you can yeah. send an email, wait a couple of weeks, and if if you don't get anything back, you can do something else. So, and and for yeah. your client, if they have to pay anything, to slow it down, slow it down. <laughs> slow or yeah, and you can slow, slow it down. You know, yeah, you work with your client on those things. Yeah, sure. You know, I want to continue wow, it. This is you know, it. I want to be an on. I want to be a demand writer, like <laughs> demand do. letter writer. Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's it's fun. That was not fun, but it's like <laughs> it's just this this like getting into get getting the point across, and you know, if things can. Stop at that level before everybody gets into crazy land. I think that's awesome. It doesn't always work that way, but I think it's awesome. No, it doesn't always work. When, yeah, and it's, mm-hmm. but like, like you're saying, like get the attorney first, do things, set it up. It's like brushing your teeth so you don't, you know, have you know problems later. You know, there's things that we have to do. Put oil in yeah. the car. Well, yeah, I mean, you have yep. to take care of business. You need to maintain it. You Check know? your car so battery. If you're a business owner with employees and something's happening, yeah. you can't. The the worst thing to do is ignore it. That mm-hmm. that, that is not going to happen yeah. you, because it just really gets the other side angry, and the, the amount that you're going to lose goes up. Yeah. Ward, good stuff. Don't Everybody. ignore it. Yeah. No, don't ignore it. Don't ignore, never ignore, no, no, no. Uh, but good stuff. I, I mean, it's, I had no idea about <laughs> I had no idea about any of these procedures. Um, I knew about letters, but like now I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm into that. Um, everybody, again, Ward's article is up on BlendRadioTV.com. You can go there. You'll see him in our expert department, and also go to his website, BestEmploymentAttorneySanDiego.com. See, that even proves right there he's a good letter writer. (laughs) 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 Just saying. (laughs) So check that out. He's also on Twitter at Ward Heinrichs and Facebook under uh, Ward Heinrichs. You'll find him there, too. And um, he'll be – this article will be in the May-June issue of Big Blend Radio and TV magazine coming out in May. So there you go. Um, Ward, we've got music. Awesome. We always like to close off with some music. And since this one is about people having to work to the bones, <laughs> I figured this is well. they didn't get their money. They didn't get their wages. And so that's, that's the song you're going to hear. I know. Perfect. Right? This, is, this is called To the Bones, and the band is from Southern California, uh, Everett Coast out of L.A. Uh, awesome, awesome guys. They've been on our shows over the years, and it's off of their EP, Liftoff. And uh, so here it is, To the Bones. Don't forget, Big Blend Radio airs Monday through Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and Friday and Sundays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks so much, Ward. Always a pleasure. Always all my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, and don't Thanks. send us one of those letters, dude, okay? Nancy will retaliate with oh, the yeah, you suck. Yeah, you'll get it. You suck <laughs> <laughs> All right, note to self. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. You take care. Okay, you too. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Are you a rich man? What do you mean, rich? What do you mean? You have a lot of possessions, a lot of money in the bank. Well, you shall make you rich. I don't don't have that type of riches. My riches is life. My riches is life. Forever, forever. What you can, poor man, 